Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Very pleased to be joined by former Marlins president, current CBS sports analyst, and the host of the podcast, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, David Sampson himself. And David, thank you very much for joining us this morning. It, it seems that while your podcast name is Nothing Personal, it seems that everything is personal with, the, with these MLB negotiations. Why do you think it's gotten this way between MLB and the players? I think anytime there's a negotiation between management and union, it feels personal to everybody except those in the room doing the negotiating. So you'd be surprised how really it is all business and nothing personal as they are going back and forth with their proposals. They are setting up their legal arguments. They are following the labor law. It really is a true business negotiation that's taking place. It just doesn't feel good because it's sports and it's what we love as fans. It's what we're emotional about and it's what's personal to us. Did you think it was going to get to this point? Like a month ago when they, when they started, we knew that there was go it was going to be contentious, but did you think it would be at the point it is right now? Every single negotiation I've ever been a part of gets right to the edge before there is a solution. So there's a hard deadline and it goes right up to the deadline and it's full of back and forth and full of leaks and full of trying to curry the favor of the public, trying to get social media on your side. And then right at the end, there is an agreement. Is it possible at this time there won't be? The answer is yes, because this is not truly a collective bargaining agreement negotiation. They have a collective bargaining agreement. What they're working on now is sort of a during CBA side agreement and the laws are a little different on that score. There's no real labor impasse that's going on right now. It's just a disagreement over what the players are going to get paid over a certain number of games. So if baseball just implements a schedule of 50 games or 60 games and pays the players their full game rate, there's really nothing to see here. Well, how much do you think that the upcoming CBA negotiations in 2021 have anything to do with this? So in the beginning, when the pandemic started, I thought that uh, they should come to an agreement quickly as to how to start, if they could start at all, and then worry about health and have health be the reason why there's no baseball. You don't want every other sport to be playing and baseball to not be playing. That wouldn't be a good look at all. But all the other sports are going to have these same contentious labor negotiations because revenue is down across all leagues. Baseball's just going first. So baseball's agreement ends after 2021. The relationship between the union and the owners is not good. It has been deteriorating for years because the previous agreement was so owner-friendly. So Tony Clark, the head of the union, is really negotiating for his job and his legacy as a union leader. So I believe that leads to irrational positions. And that could lead to some sort of work stoppage after 2021. 
Tony Clark's statement on Saturday basically said, tell us how many games, we'll show up and we'll be ready to go. But if Commissioner Rob Manfred does end up forcing a schedule of around 50 games or so, do you expect a grievance to be filed by the Players Association? And I guess on a follow-up to that, do you expect the grievance to be filed by MLB? Because they claim that the union has not negotiated in, in good faith. So here's my answer. Every single year for 18 years when I ran a Major League Baseball team, we would send a schedule to the players and tell them when and where to show up. It's no different. It's what we do. Come to spring training on this day. And by the way, when we tell you the plane is taking off for the opening day in Philadelphia, you better be at the airport on time. So that's all that's happening this year when, when Tony Clark says, just tell us where and when and we'll be there. It sounds so movie-like where you just want to eat popcorn and cry and scream and yeah, but it's totally normal. But will there be a grievance filed because the players will say, well, we want to play 80 games and we think we can and you're only letting us play 60 games. I believe they will file a grievance, but I also believe that grievance will be settled during the course of the next collective bargaining agreement negotiation because these grievances rarely will go all the way. There's just too much at stake. And on the owner's side, they may file a grievance as a counterclaim saying, by the way, you can't grieve this. You guys never negotiated in good faith at all. We did the best we could to get the most games we could, but we had to worry about your health and our health, et cetera, et cetera. Worst case scenario is, is that there is a 50 odd game schedule, as we mentioned before, however many it may be. If there is a schedule that short and baseball is essentially a two month regular season, how legitimate do you think a season like that is? I think I'd rather see 81 and I'd rather see them play through October and do the playoffs in November, but the networks have not cooperated. If the networks would agree to show postseason games in November, I believe MLB would be willing to play regular season games through October. But the majority of money is made through playoff revenue, TV revenue. So if the networks say, hey, we have you on the schedule for October, you better be playing postseason in October. It becomes legitimate because even though there's 50 games, you know what? It's like the 1999 Spurs when they beat the Knicks in a short NBA season. Do people look back and say, oh, that wasn't real? No, they don't. So you think then, because Commissioner Rob Manford last week made, made a big thing about how it's, it's a safety thing and how their experts are telling them that playing deep, deeper into the fall could possibly coincide with another wave of the coronavirus. You think it's more about the TV deals, and he did allude to that in one of his interviews. You think it's more about that than it is about the safety risk. It's 90-10. 90-10 TV, and here's why. Here in Florida, in Arizona, in Texas, there are spikes happening right now. There could be a second wave or the continuation of the first wave. No one knows about COVID-19. So I don't think that baseball would say, we are so sure that November is going to be worse than October that we don't want to play in November. I'm not buying that because it's possible that right now July is worse than any other month has ever been. We just don't know. You, you worked in Major League Baseball front offices for, for many years. Um, the union is saying that the league has not shown us substantial evidence that they're really taking a drastic revenue hit from potentially not having fans in the stands. Uh, how believable do you think that claim is by Major League Baseball that by not having fans in the stands, their revenue hits are so drastic that they can't play the, pay the players their full prorated salaries? Well, 
I know more than most because I ran a team for 18 years. And the answer is, if you're the Marlins, it's not as bad as if you're the Dodgers. So the Dodgers sell out. They make hundreds of millions of dollars in gate revenue. The Marlins make $25 million in gate revenue. But what really is hurt, the Marlins get just as hurt because they get a lot of their money from revenue sharing. That revenue sharing comes when large revenue teams like the Dodgers make so much revenue that they pass some of it to the Marlins. I'm making it easier, but you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. If the Dodgers have fewer dollars, fewer fans or no fans, they're not sharing revenue with the Marlins, so the Marlins get hurt just as badly. It is real that without fans, it is a big, big problem from a revenue standpoint. What would be your advice, David? What would be your advice to both sides at this point? They clearly can't come to an agreement. Baseball's had three proposals. The union has come back with counter offers. It's, it's June 15th. They could have been playing baseball July 4th, which would have been a huge opportunity for them. It's not going to happen. At this point, what's your advice to both sides? So let me, let me stop you there and ask you, do you think that it's possible that baseball under any scenario could play July 4th? That would mean that right now, as we sit here on June 15th, there'd be full spring training, that all the players would be working out, that we'd have cameras there and media there looking at the players getting ready. I just don't see that as realistic. I never saw that as realistic given the pandemic. I believe the owners and the players should have gotten together and said, listen, we don't agree on pay for this coming season. We don't believe that the owners are going to lose as much as they say, but it doesn't matter. We stand up together and we are going to play baseball as soon as we practically can. We are monitoring the health situation. We want to get back no later than August 1st to have a representative season. We may have to play into November. We're working together to get the TV partners to agree with that. We're going to have some disagreements going forward, but today we stand united to get baseball back to you, our fans, when we can do it safely. And That's it, the message I would have liked. And united is, 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 they've been anything but united. Do you think that they've been tone deaf considering everything that has happened in the past few months? Yes, I think that they've both been tone deaf, but I was in the game and I, and I didn't look at Twitter. I didn't read social media. I didn't read articles. I didn't listen to sports talk radio. My job was to do a job, which was to make the most money I could for the Marlins, win as many games as possible, and build the value of the team. My job wasn't to worry about whether talk radio was upset or whether there were fans who were angry that I was being greedy. That just wasn't it. So the tone deafness that we all sense now that I'm on your side and I'm in the media, I feel that. But I also put myself back in the position as president of a team I never felt it. And as a follow-up to that, I mean, while you, the owners and the players might not be paying attention to social media and all the frustration that's coming from the fans, they're also worried about the gate revenue and putting people in the seats eventually. So the fans do matter to them. How much do you think that this is going to hurt baseball in terms of when fans are allowed to go back into the ballparks at full capacity? How much do you think it's going to hurt from that standpoint? And how much do you think that it's going to hurt from a consumption standpoint, going to the ballpark aside from just watching it and following the game? I think that people have short memories. 
And while you could say that the strike of 94, 95 baseball didn't recover until 98 with the steroid home run chase or 99, the reality is it, what's your definition of recovery? So there's healthy TV deals, both regionally and nationally. There's healthy sponsorship deals. There's healthy naming rights deals. There's healthy ticket sales in many stadiums. But by the way, when you say baseball recovered, it didn't recover for the Marlins it did recover for the Cardinals and the Cubs and their teams that go up and down. It's only 1980s. When I was growing up in New York, the Yankees, I could get fifth row above the dugout outside the stadium for $8. No one was going to games. So things have a tendency to rebound. They go up, they go down. I don't think long-term you have an issue. The bigger issue is the country and whether or not and how long the economic recovery will be. Will it be U-shaped? Will it be V-shaped, W-shaped? Is this pandemic going to continue? Will there be a vaccine? How will consumer spending habits change in general? What about consumer behavior in terms of being in large crowds? These are things that I worry about more. You know, there's been so much argument over finances. Last week, Rob Manfred told MLB Network that they're very, very close. The two sides are very, very close in terms of the safety protocol. How important to you, because I remember hearing an interview that you did on our sister station, WIP, when this thing first really started about a month ago. And while the finances was the juicy topic, you kept emphasizing safety, safety, safety. It's about the player's safety. It's about the staff's safety. Everybody that's going to be at that ballpark every day, it's about safety. A month later, is that still where your focus is? And, and where do you think that is in terms of their negotiations? Because they've been talking so much about finances. It seems like safety is an afterthought at this point. So I haven't changed at all. I am far more concerned about the health protocol. There is agreement right now between the union and the owners in terms of the players believe that owners have their safety in mind, but it's happening in the NBA where there was all these strict health protocols and some of the players are saying, well, wait a minute, I can't golf. Okay, you can golf. Well, I can't go to, out to dinner. All right, you can go out to dinner if you just eat on a patio. Well, can I have family there? All right, a few family members. Well, what about going to Disney World? No, you can't go to the park. So there are, there are rules that will have to be put in place, but it will be dependent on the players, and that's what worries me. I love players, but they are young. It's like telling your 24-year-old child, you cannot go out. Look at all those people having fun there, and they're not paying attention, but you have to stay right in your room and right in your house or in your hotel room on the road. I worry about that a lot. David, last one I have for you is, what do you think is going to happen? When do you think the baseball season is going to start? How many games is it going to be? And how are the players going to get paid? I think the players will get paid their pro rata salaries. It'll be about a 50 to 53 game season starting somewhere late July, no later than August 1st with playoffs in October. The only thing that will change that is if the national TV partners will agree to show playoff games in November. And then I think you've got a little more time to get an agreement on having more games. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. David Sampson, former president of the Miami Marlins, current analyst at CBS Sports, and the host of the Nothing Personal podcast with David Sampson. David, thank you for the time. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.